Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. Today I'm joined by Brian Cobley, our student director and our speaker from Sunday. And no Allison, but we got some other Aconis to join us. We have John Aconi, the husband of Allison, and Ben Aconi, the... I don't know your official title. Is it student pastor? Student and family. Student and yes. family pastor at Emperor. Imprint Woodenville, right down the road, correct? Yep. We're a non-denominational church looking to... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. What a great intro. Um, and you are also... the podcast. <laughs> you are also the son of Allison Aconi. Son of Allison, yes. Awesome. And also the son of John Aconi. Yes, Small both. world. I feel like we it's should crazy. bring that back into our world where that's how we introduce ourselves. <laughs> Ryan. Our relationship to Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Friend of Allison. Hayden, co-worker of Allison Oconee. Yes. Uh, Well, let's just hop right into it. This is a pretty standard podcast. Brian, you spoke yesterday, Sunday, on... uh, Sorry, I just eliminated all the movie-making magic. You spoke on Sunday. Today's Wednesday when this gets released. Let's talk about your message. You were talking on Father's Day. What was the the title, the working title of your message? Uh, Father's Day Sermon 2021. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a creative title. That was the title on the on the top of my paper. Um, let's talk about the the process of it. You knew that you're going to be talking on Father's Day. How long did you know about it? Uh, I had I think about a month actually. A month. To work okay. On it. So. Let's go to the whiteboard. Where did where did you start with this sermon? Ooh, gosh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I knew uh, actually I knew I wanted to, to preach about being an example because I honestly felt like like a month ago that I was doing a terrible job at it, mm. like terrible job uh, with my son. Um, and as you guys know, I brought up the song "Talking with Jesus," and I heard that song. And it just put me to shame because one thing that I was failing at was every night when Audrey and I would put my son Cade to bed, it was always like, okay, let's, let's pray before we go to bed. And it was, I looked at Audrey like, your turn. And then sometimes, so are you going to pray? I'm like, no, it's your turn. And then (laughs) I heard that song talking with Jesus. I'm like, wow, what a terrible example I am being with my son, just about talking with our Lord. And so Mm. Because of that song, I just it made me change just my my look of I want to pray with my son every mm. night uh, and give him that example that you can talk to Jesus or your father. Mm. <laughs> um, and so then when I heard that I was preaching Father's Day, I'm like, you know what? I this is what God has put on my heart, and let's hear if dads need to hear this as well mm. right now. And like I said, people who just have influence over children because they can test everything that we think is good about us. <laughs> yeah. Like, nope. I need to work on that. Yeah. Um, I want to call back to a previous podcast that we recorded. So I'm going to put a pin in that, Brian. We'll go back to your whiteboard. I'm curious, John and Ben, is that something that you guys have done? Obviously, John, you've been a, a father a little bit longer than anyone else here. Um, is that something that you've been, uh, has that been a part of your your story as a dad, praying with your, your kids? That's a good question. I, I don't think we pray, we we always say grace, but I don't think we prayed consistently with our kids. I think one of the things we, for, for me as a dad, one of the things that I, I kind of encourage other dads to do as well is do ministry with your children. Mm-hmm. So when, when Ben was younger, 
we would do Awanas or Sunday school or I'd coach basketball teams. But I, because of such time demands, I feel like if you're going to talk into their lives and, and talk yeah. Jesus in their lives, you try to combine your ministry with, um, with your child raising. So for, for us, we did Awanas, we did other activities. And like today I do BSF and, and one of the sweet spots I've got in recruiting leaders into that is, is those dads with kids because then they can instruct their children at the mm -hmm. same time. So I think that was one of the key things, just given how time yeah. demands all these dads have and parents mm. to really do ministry and involve your kids in that ministry. Yeah, so. that's great. You guys did a great job too with that with your home fellowship group, right? Like there's a community of believers that you're meeting with regularly. And then that became our community too, right? So it was like, here's this, I don't know, early church, their community was other believers. And that was us too. It was, we're having these people over for dinner or we're having the group over for Bible study and all this stuff that you were doing that, that Deuteronomy 6 as you're walking by the road, as you lie down, as you get up, yeah. talking about it consistently through your life instead of like a 10 minutes here is our daily devotions and we'll read the Bible and pray and that's going to be our, our time with Jesus for the day. It was, yeah, spread yeah. out throughout the day. I'll just share one quick story is, <laughs> is probably one of the biggest changes in our parenting was early when the kids were getting to school age, we were debating how to raise them in terms of homeschooling, private schools, public schools. And, and I got on a flight um, and w w Alice and I were really debating this and we saw other families and, and, and I get on a completely empty flight. There were like maybe 10 people on this flight. Flight's about to take off, the door's about to close, and this older man comes right at the last minute. I have nobody on my seat. Perfect flying circumstance, <laughs> right? And you always have that, when that guy's walking down that aisle, you're just praying, please do not sit on my aisle, right? <laughs> and, and this guy's coming down the aisle, and please, please. And he's looking at his seat, looking at the row, and it, the flight is empty. And so I go, oh, he's going to sit in my aisle. Comes down my aisle. Worse than that. He sits in the middle seat. The whole plane is empty. <laughs> Brutal. But it ends up, I, ends up being one of those things God orchestrated this event. This guy was, he had messed up in his first marriage, got divorced, second marriage, came to know the Lord. And we were praying and debating homeschooling. And that whole flight, he was just pouring in my life about the importance of that and, and why that made a huge difference in their life. Came home to Al. And that was one of the biggest changes in our parenting that we had in our life was homeschooling our kids. And I think it made a big difference in terms of our ability to, to speak into them, our faith and, mm. and instruct in them. And, and I will give my wife way more credit than me. She did an amazing <laughs> job and, and I, I married extremely well, but, but I'm just saying that that was a huge moment for us in our lives. Mm. So. Let's go back to the whiteboard, Brian. Okay. So you heard that song. Was that before, during, or after you started working on the, the message? This song? Yeah. song was before okay. I started working on the message. And I'm, I might have forgot already, but how did that inspire the message? Because that's when I was saying, like, I realized I was being a bad example. Oh, okay. okay. And then I let that song kind of just speak into me, change how I was just praying with my son and then realized that, you know, there could be some parents who it's not just praying, which mm -hmm. I uh, also noticed 
how bad I was um, of, I, I realized, you know, a lot of parents do this just on accident where you do something good for yourself, something healthy, right? And so for me specifically, it was uh, working out in my garage. And I remember one day, like this workout was just super hard and I was hating my life, but like- We get it, Brian, <laughs> you're better than us. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. I'm glad, glad the point came across. Uh, but no, I was working out and then my son Cade comes in and he's just in the way of me trying to finish this workout. And I remember getting frustrated. I'm like, Audrey, I have like five more minutes. Can you take Cade out of here? And then like finish my workout and, you know, just went on with my day. And then I, I, I saw that same event on a Facebook like compilation video of parents trying to work out with their kids. And I was just seeing these mom and dads getting frustrated with their kid. And I'm like, why are you guys getting so frustrated? Your kids are joining you in your workout. You should be super happy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so that was also part of like, just as us as, you know, as parents, as dads, you know, we're, tr we're, we're trying so hard to care for the family, take care of our family, take care of ourselves. That sometimes we don't realize that we're giving stuff to our kids that is actually bad when we're trying our hardest to do good. So mm. like, that's when I was looking at Kato, like, Working out should be fun. It should be something that you like. He looks at in the future as this is a benefit. But if his example of working out was just me yelling at him the whole time of "get away from me," then I'm doing a horrible job mm. with that example. Mm. And so that's when I'm like, I I want to talk about us as a father that we are giving something to our kids, whether we like mm. it or not. And are we are how we react to things, how we talk to our our wives, how we talk to people around us. Our kids are learning something from us. And then there's mm. things, like I said, you know, smashing my head on the pillow, going to sleep that they get from us regardless. And we are the people who can help them get through yeah. it. And so I'm like, yeah. I want to talk about that. And so yeah. I just thought of the fathers in, in scripture that, that did that, that mm. were amazing examples. Yeah. You know, I thought of the jailer in Acts, um, but I'm like, no, I want. I actually want this as somebody interacting with Jesus. Mm. And the the dad whose son was sick was the the one I wanted to. And then I was like stuck because then I, I also like the centurion one as well, mm. where yep. um where that one is cool because you know clearly that the centurion is a Gentile who mm -hmm. is asking Jesus for help while this the nobleman, we don't know whether he was Jew or Gentile, yeah. but I did love the I, I did want something that said the whole household believed, just like mm. the the jailer, but yeah, yeah. So this one just was like, "Yep, he he sought Jesus, and the whole household mm. believed." So that's where everything just fell in line with that. Yeah. Well, can I point something out there too? I love that your experience with your son working out and stuff. You had a very common experience, I think, to all parents that we understand the insufficiency of ourselves in raising our kids. Of either I can be lazy, or I can be too harsh, or I don't know the right answers or whatever. And you see this, right? This uh, royal official insufficient to help his son's problem, right? Like he can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so we could see that insufficiency as this is just so frustrating. I wish I was a better dad. I wish I could just try harder. I wish I could do whatever. Or you can take that same moment like this guy, go to Jesus with it, right? And allow Jesus to fill in the gaps where we go, I can't. I can't do this right. I can't do this well enough, you know. I also, I also wonder the conversation leading up to because I don't know if he's married. We don't know that, but his son is dying, and it almost seems like he's going away. He's leaving his son, which you know, I, I'm thinking like in today's world, if there was something wrong with my son, 
and I know I have days left and I leave trying to get help when I could miss that last opportunity. Like to me, I'm like, gosh, this dad, like, I don't know if he had to convince his wife or like he just left without speaking to go to Jesus. But just that moment, I'm like, that would have been hard, even for me. Like that Mm. would be hard um, if I heard, you know, there's this revival in Nashville that that is (laughs) had so much success. But I also know I have maybe days with my son. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. do I leave? I could I could miss something here. So yeah, that dad, like I'm, I just have so many questions. You'd have to yeah. be pretty certain that Jesus would be able to fix your problem. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Or, I, I just think, I think in, in, I love, I identify with your story, with your child interrupting you, because I think as, as parents, it's so hard to deny ourselves, whatever. Right. And that is the whole challenge of parenting is the selflessness in the dad. I love that you highlighted the fact that it was 20 miles. And so I, I, and it was a, probably a, at least a two-day journey. And if he's a royal official, he could have sent somebody too, right? Mm-hmm. To can you go gra- and have Jesus come back? But you know, this was uh, preeminent. He was this was his number one thing, and he put his son first in his life. And I think that's the challenge I have in in parenting is is like I look at my dad. My dad, I felt, was so selfless, and and I. I don't know if I measured up to my dad in terms of selflessness, but I think that is what is so great about parenting is it challenges us to be more like Christ and, and putting our children first and, and putting us um, and, and, and having that selflessness. And I, I thought that came out in your, your sermon yesterday. Wow. That's cool. Thank you. I, I definitely, I had fun with this one, but this is definitely a sermon that I'm like, gosh, I'm, I am preaching to myself here because I just, Look at the last two and a half years with my son. I'm like, my my reactions yeah. to things is is not the greatest. You know, I'm I really feel like a lot of times inadequate where I'm just learning every day about something new that just Cade just reveals to me, like, yep, I got gotta fix that about myself because that's not showing Jesus really well. And mm. he, right now he's definitely at the age where he is absorbing everything that yeah. Audra and I are doing. And, mm. and it's even more evident to us now of things that he's doing. I'm like, yep, you got that from her. <laughs> Just kidding, Audra. <laughs> Gosh. For the uh, audience, his wife, Audra, is sitting there. Yeah, she's yeah, point true, at, yeah. you can, She's right over there. Um, so you got there organically. I don't have to ask the question. I was, I was curious where the scripture fit in when you were putting the, the message together. Could you... This might not be necessarily helpful for this message, but I, I'm curious, what's the, the context of where Jesus was at in his life, and his ministry, when this happened? So he is, he just left Samaria. So okay. this is right after meeting uh, the woman in the well and just having just great amount of success mm-hmm. in, in Samaria where people are believing and people are just accepting him as the Messiah and are having a place in the kingdom of heaven, and then coming back, which I actually would love your two, your two's take on this. Coming back, he's going back to his people who want to see a miracle. So when I read this and I preach this, so I really hope this was correct, Jesus, but I see a frustrated Jesus, and that's what I preached yesterday. And I was wondering, when you guys have read this in the past or as you were reading it, preparing for this, do you also see, like, Jesus is a little frustrated coming back into his hometown and just people wanting to see signs and wonders? <laughs> Show us a magic trick, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I think it's hard to ever read a phrase with the 
or a sentence with the phrase "you people" <laughs> without yeah. hearing a little bit of frustration, <laughs> yeah. right? So in verse forty-eight, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. So yeah. I definitely see some frustration there. Well, which yeah. translation is that? This is NIV. Is it yeah. NIV? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think he is at this time he started speaking more in parables because I, I mean his, his people and where he's coming from was rejecting the word of God, mm-hmm. and he, he's saying. Um, and, and it seemed like that's what we, and I could identify that. I think he was frustrated with, with the, cause they've, they've seen, but they haven't responded to the miracles already in there. So I think I, I would agree with your take on that. Yeah. And so then I said this in the sermon and it's yeah. so true, but I, can you imagine being that dad who is so badly wanting a miracle and he's just in those two days probably convinced himself that Jesus is going to heal his son and finds a very frustrated Jesus. Mm. Like I, 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 I want to know, like, because you know how many times you've had a tough conversation and prepared yourself, even if you were the first time you, you asked your wives on that first date, those, those butterflies, right? When you are finally ready to, to ask this question that he's, asking a huge question and mm-hmm. finds a very frustrating Jesus. And not only frustrated Jesus, but his response right. is harsh. <laughs> right. What I would say is if my my kid was about to die, it would be <laughs> a very easy conversation, <laughs> right? Like I think that's what we what we experience, right? Is parenting is so hard, but if we only grasped the importance of it and the urgency of it, a lot of things that would seem hard would be like, well, of course I'm going to do that, right? Like, is he going to talk to Jesus? Yeah, maybe he's seeing some frustration and he's going, hmm, would I rather annoy Jesus or <laughs> have Jesus save my son, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably a no-brainer when, when any parent looks at a kid, any loving parent, go, I'm going to do whatever I need to do, right, for you. I'll spend money. I'll take time. I'll, I'll do what it takes. And... I think that's probably my biggest weakness in my parenting is so often I don't see the significance and the urgency of what I'm doing. I just go, well, if I phone it in today, I'll phone it in today. And I'm not seeing, no, I'm making disciples, right? And I'm either going to make disciples of the world or of Christ. And I want to get my kids to Jesus, right? So I think what this dad had more than what I have is a sense of urgency. I'm like, man, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the same way. Uh, Jesus would do what it needs to, right, (laughs) for a parent to come to him. And I think Jesus Mm -hmm. does, and God does sometimes put hardships in people's lives to open them up to the reality Mm -hmm. of this world isn't all that we're living for, right? And so when you look at disease or disability or financial stress, I think obviously none of us want those things uh, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, God... God puts us there, so then mm-hmm. we can see, oh, there's something more important that I'm striving for, right? Mm. Yeah. And Ben, can you do me a favor? Because I love that you're on this podcast. Could you tell everybody listening about your kids? Like how many how many you have? And Yes, I've got three, and right now they're all stacked on top of each other. So five years old, four years old, and three years old. So um, two oldest are biological. Our youngest uh, we just adopted in March. So wow. a couple months, yeah. Uh, I I love that. I um when you when I found out that you were adopting one, I'm like, wow, like love love the call to adoption because I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know 
you know, I know Audra and I will one day have that conversation, and I, I don't know if I'd be the one for it. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, the if I would have, have the strength, have the patience. So when I heard that you were doing I'm like, wow. Like, I, I wish I can be that great of a father. Mm-hmm. And so, it, yeah. Is that, is that, though, if you were to describe what parenting your son was like, do you feel like you three years ago would have been like, I'm up for that. No. (laughs) Right? Right? None of that. None of parenting is like that, right? It's all difficult and joy-filled and um, straining and beautiful. And so I I think adoption versus biological, you're going to get hardships and joys and beauty either way. (laughs) So I think any parent who's doing it intentionally and thoughtfully is is a hero of mine because it's mm. it's hard yeah it's hard and how long were you uh were you in the adoption like process know, yeah process, process. Uh, yeah, it was like waiting 16 months 18 months or so which is extraordinarily fast so mm. um we were told you know four or five years but that's actually a good segue into what i was thinking about when, with fatherhood was you have to do a home study, right, for the adoption mm. process. And the uh, social worker ca- came into our house and asked us all sorts of questions and uh, looked around and said, you should put a lock on this, you should, you know, whatever. And so much of it was talking about our childhood, right? And so asking, what was your dad like, right? And what did you learn about what it meant to be a man from your dad? And what did you learn about what it meant to be a woman from your, your mom? And all these different questions. And my main takeaway was my kids are never adopting <laughs> because I don't want them to have to answer these questions about <laughs> me. Um, but it gave me a great chance to reflect on like how many things my, my parents did. And since this is the Father's Day one, specifically how many things my dad did that was just so unbelievably healthy, right? Like going out and spending time teaching you how to play baseball isn't just a baseball activity. It's a spiritual activity, right? And, and being involved in your child's life and driving them to events and asking them questions, all that stuff. And it really opened my world up to, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord, for giving me a dad who um, was there for me, right? And that's ultimately, none of us will have perfect dads, but I got the gift of having a dad who was present with me, there for me, and it just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And it gave me confidence of, I can do that, right? I can't be perfect. I can't have the right answers, but I can be present with my kids. I can mm. be consistently there for them. And, and that was huge. Yeah. Man, for me growing up, I had my, my biological dad and my stepdad. My biological dad, funny story, um, but started uh, really accepting me as his son when I was like four. And so I'd mm-hmm. visit him every other weekend, and he was just the sweetest guy in the world. He's mm-hmm. no longer living but mm. sweetest guy in the world. My stepdad was very, like, just, he was the, the guy who raised me my whole life. And um, we didn't grow up in, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, but my dad taught me just a wonderful work ethic of, of you, you, you do anything for your family. Mm-hmm. But my biological dad is the one who would also take yeah. me to church mm-hmm. uh, every time I'd visit him. So I had this blend of, like, you know, kind of a secular world view with my dad and then a, a, the church view with my biological dad and trying to mold the two together, <laughs> I will tell you, was very, very difficult. <laughs> yeah, very I believe difficult it. Difficult growing up. 
I, I love the that you raised the adoption theme a little bit because I, I just feel like because that that is how God illustrates our relationship with Him as well, right? If you look at Ephesians one or Romans eight, it talks about we are adopted sons, ch- children of God, and I'm adopted as well. So, so to me, I look at my adoption and it helps me picture my relationship with our heavenly Father because I was, uh, you know, I was born in the mid '60s. My biological parents, I don't know, but I know my understanding is they were peace, they were in the Peace Corps. So I was kind of a flower child in the mid 60s. This was before abortion was illegal. So if, if that has not, who knows whether I'd be here or not. But I, I just like, I won the lottery. I got into this family that chose me, that wanted me, reached out to me, desired to mm. have me. And I was kind of, it was, a, in a sense, it's a second birth to me. And I think of Natalia with Ben and, and just, she won the lottery. I mean, she is just, she got, he reached out and, and that family and, and, um, is in, and they just love her. And, and, and that's our Heavenly Father has, has reached out to all of us. And we are adopted sons of God when we accept Christ. And, and in Roman times, you, you, if you were the adopted, they would understand Roman law. And if you were adopted, you would have all the rights and privileges and, and you would reject the rights and privileges of your biological parents. And now you have the rights and privileges of your adopted full hundred percent. And that's what we have. Mm. And so to me, it was just such a great model seeing, being adopted, seeing this just selfless dad that I had, um, and just what a, a great image of how we're adopted in the kingdom of God all of us. Um, so I love that. I love the idea that our parenting can make the gospel make sense to our kids, right? <laughs> that when you hear of adoption in Ephesians 1 or Romans 8, you have a sense of, I know what that's like, right? Um, and for me, I wasn't adopted. But when I hear uh, of a loving father or being a part of the household of God, I've got a framework that goes, that makes sense. I know what it's like to be a son who's loved by his father, right? What a massive gift that is for, for kids. I, I do worry because I know a lot, of, a lot of people don't have that relationship. And that's what's so great is we do have a heavenly adopted father that loves mm-hmm. us, even if our earthly father has, has, has let us. And we all let our children down. Ben, Ben's giving you the good stories. I could, I could tell you where I've, <laughs> where I've set a lot of bad examples for Ben. And, and, and he, if, you, if you probe enough, he'll probably be able to get a few out of him. Can but, you actually but, yeah. think of one? Like with any yeah, of your I, kids? I, I, yeah, I allow me. No, no. no. <laughs> No, I, I will I will share two, but but uh, but the one the one that I, I that I, I just it still is just so cringeworthy in my life is is everyone if you've ever seen the old movie Gone with the Wind have you ever seen that old movie mm-hmm. and it's, it's there's some issues with that now from a racial perspective and I understand but there's a scene in that movie where where Scarlett O'Hara the heroine is in this room she gets mad she picks up this vase and just chucks it against the wall. And she thought she was all by herself. She's upset. And all, lo and behold, the, the other protagonist of the film, Rhett Butler, played by Clark Gable, was behind the couch and suddenly pops up behind the couch, <laughs> right? I had that moment with Ben. So Ben's maybe three, four years old. I come in from the garage. Somehow, I don't know what, what, what thing, but I, I could have a temper. And I just got somehow, we were, something was going wrong in my life. I was totally ticked. I had... I was a pitcher in high school, and I had a plastic <laughs> cup in my hand, and I was so mad. 
filled with. Okay, thank you. Allison says it's filled with orange juice. So I, I just threw it with all my might across the room against our fireplace. There's a couch in front of the fireplace. And all of a sudden, my three or four year old, after it just shatters, comes up, pops up behind the couch, saw his dad do that. And it, it just crushed me, you know, just thinking he just saw me in my moment of rage. And so, uh, you know, so. So there's, there's good news that we are going to make mistakes as parents. We are forgiven. Um, you know, so God gives us a lot of grace through our mistakes. The other mistake I made was I tried to make him a left-handed hitter in baseball, thinking he'd be a step closer to first. And, and the right-handed pitching. Ichiro was big at that and, time. And so, so I thought I was being a genius dad, and I totally thwarted any baseball ability in Ben. So I apologize for that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Where would you be? That didn't happen. I would probably be in the league right I now. Think so. <laughs> so anyway, wow. my two stories. I just want to take a moment of silence for Ben's baseball career. Segment, that was so. a failed parental experiment. <laughs> yes. Um, Brian, you, uh, I think before we started, you said you didn't have to cut a whole lot out of this sermon, but I'll open it up. Was there anything that you had to cut out or maybe things that you wanted to get into, but just time wouldn't allow for it? Well, no, because uh, the thing that I would put in the podcast, I, I put in the sermon because I, yeah. I thought it was so cool that, that I asked the question, um, and I don't know the answer. I asked the question that, you know, if Jesus didn't perform this miracle, would this father believe and would the whole household believe, mm. for example? And, and I'll talk to some people, and some people are like, I, I don't think he would have. They, he would have. And I'm like, yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know the answer. But, but then I started thinking, man, like, did Jesus, did Jesus do what this crowd wanted and what the, the father wanted? And I'm like, well, yes, but he did it in a way that, like, not, like, in a way that they weren't expecting. Jesus mm-hmm. performed a miracle. The crowd technically seen Jesus perform a miracle, but it wasn't like in front of them. Like it wasn't like this cool, like he did it again. Awesome. <laughs> and then this dad really wanted Jesus to come to his house and heal his son. Cause he knew that if Jesus would show up that, that the son will be healed. And Jesus just says, go, your son will live. And so to me, I thought it was so amazing of an example and had nothing to do with the sermon, but I just wanted everyone to hear it that, you know, Jesus does things um, in a way that, you know, we weren't expecting and we can be like this father and trust the word that Jesus says. Like we can trust mm-hmm. his word, the word that we have. And, you know, sometimes we ask for things and sometimes, you know, the things that we ask for, we don't receive, but we have to trust that, you know, Jesus knows what he's doing in our life. And we can trust that his word is true. His word is living and his word is for us that, you know, when things aren't going our way or there's hardship that we mm-hmm. know that Jesus is doing something that we're just just unexpected, but we can know that it is going to be amazing in the mm. end. When we finally catch on and go, there, that's what he was doing, like, mm. that we can trust. So that's what I was going to cut, but I'm like, I can't cut that. I can't. Yeah. I know it has nothing to do with the sermon, but I just need everyone to hear that right now because yeah. who knows how many how many. Sundays were uh, there are uh, this during the summer that people are going to attend church and hear that <laughs> message. Yeah. Um, what verse did you cut off at? 53? I, uh, 54? 54? Yeah, right before chapter 5. So oh, okay, so you, you cut it off right at the end of the chapter. There's nothing else after, there's no epilogue, right? No, no. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we are hitting our time, so I'd love to wrap up unless there's anything else you guys would like to talk about. Um, Unfortunately, none of the viewers wrote in with uh, parenting questions, so I can't share that today. But 
Maybe next time we have you guys on the podcast, we'll be able to read some letters from the listeners. All right. So you guys are good? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to come talk to us about fatherhood. Um, And for you guys listening or watching, thank you for uh, coming in. And we'll see you guys next week. 